Hey everyone, after a long-ish break, we have returned, and <laughs> we are returning with a whimper of a movie. Um, <laughs> the under-discussed and underseen fifth anniversary movie after To Boldly Flee, um, <laughs> The Uncanny Valley. And uh, th- let's just say there's a reason why no one knows what this one is. Yep. Yeah, it, uh, look, let's just cut to the chase. Um, Esther, is this the worst thing we have talked about? The, hmm. Here's the thing. There are segments of this that are worse than anything else we have seen so far. And as a whole, yeah, you know what? I guess it is. Honestly, like, I, yeah, (laughs) I think, and I understand how absolutely insane this sounds, but. I think if there is any reason why this isn't the worst thing we've seen, it is because of Doug's segment. I I, <laughs> I realize how fucking insane this sounds, and I'm not saying it's good. I'm not even saying it's like demo real, quote unquote good. I am just saying that if you want to see, like, <laughs> the nostalgic critic is not the bottom of the barrel. If you want to see what the real bottom of the barrel looks like, see people who are trying to be the nostalgia critic next to the nostalgia critic. That that is how that is the absolute depths right there. So, and uh, yeah, we we're should, gonna be talking. We should set up like what this is probably. Um, yeah, you referenced Doug's segment. So this is not like the first the the first um, you know anniversary movies where it's like this big. Uh, narrative and everyone is playing their characters, their reviewer characters, all coming together for this yes. one story. This is five uh, unconnected short films. <laughs> yes, um, a lot of which it's an anthology series. A lot of them, a lot of the, they are made by people from the site. Like they are made from like by like the fifth stringers. Most of them, the people, because yes. most of the people, you know, were gone at this point. Um, and this was even they were either gone or uh, important to important to say the the uncanny valley um, it it was sort of a you can make this if you want to basis like Doug did not make any demands for people to make their own short films nor did he do the like well it's good publicity thing really he just said hey uh, if you want to be a part of the fifth anniversary movie then you can make your own short film and put it in here (laughs) and I think four other people it looks like yes. signed up for that, and they yeah. are like the best known of them would be is, is Brad Jones. Um, yes, Cinema Brad Snob Jones made one. a short film for it. But then it's like that sci-fi guy and <laughs> Mike J and Welshy and Welshy and people I've never fucking heard of before. They might have been in the other ones, but they would have been like one second cameos. I I need to say Welshy Welshy is a funny one to me since I have actually seen a bunch of Welshy videos. <laughs> I know, I know. I have seen a bunch of Welshy videos. He did some extremely in-depth retrospectives on uh, the Saw franchise and the Scream franchise. And huh. for some reason, I watched those a lot as a uh, as a teenager. I had never even seen either of those at the time. But I, I just watched them instead. I just watched them. I was like, oh, this seems interesting. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have seen... Well, she's like hour-long analyses of Saw one, two, and three, probably. Huh. Yeah. Weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> I. It's just funny that like the, the the sort of community of this website 
fell so precipitous, precipitously from one year to the next where like everyone was yes. into boldly flee and no one wanted to take part in this even like you know yeah. cinema Snob, obviously like we've talked about is one of the only guys who's literally still at the site to this day um yes. but like film brain only appears in like a cameo in one of these that he didn't even direct um yes Obscurus same with most Lupa. of them most of them just appear yeah. in most of them just appear in cameos in uh, Welshie's segment, and they're not yeah. like comedic acting cameos. Like, okay, well, this is jumping around a bit, but Welshie's segment, and we'll talk about it a little more. It's just like a documentary. It, there's there's no joke to it. There's no gimmick. It is just a documentary about problems that emerge on the internet, basically. It's I yeah, we'll get to it more, but it's fucking unwatchable. Um, <laughs> It's so bad. This is this is five short films. The film as a whole is just over two hours long. Um, and, you know, in classic Channel Awesome fashion, every single one feels 10 times longer than it actually is. None of them are longer than like yeah. 40 minutes at the most, but they feel endless. Yes. Yeah, they, they go on forever. And again, this is so funny. In a walk, the best one is Doug's. Like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in it by a significant margin it is doug's and it's funny because it's so that's the first one um and i guess we should yes. just get into it but i as i was sitting there watching this i was remembering you had messaged me like when you were watching it this is the worst thing we've seen so far for the podcast and as i was watching doug's i was like yeah this that's right and then everything after it is so much worse um doug's yes <laughs> doug's is a is called dragon board um it it is a 40 minute funnier die sketch like that is it it is it is a it is like a dorkly sketch that has a lower budget basically yeah it's it's it, it is it is it is literally just like that elon musk sketch that was going around on twitter like dragged out to feature length basically absolutely Absolutely, Elon Musk. This is something. This is something that Elon Musk would have had rejected from his Saturday Saturday Night Live episode. Yeah. No, the premise of it is that, uh, again, and this is why it's so weird is because it has absolutely nothing to do with the nostalgia critic whatsoever, or his ongoing lore, or like anything related to Doug at all. It is literally just like a short film. Yeah. There, there is no connective tissue. It is. It, it feels like the. <laughs> Somehow it is a for hire gig for Doug. It's it's strange. <laughs> it's funny because it's, it's um, but, so. But yeah, so we should say the idea of this is that there's this guy named Carl, and he is um, in a very timely reference for. Well, I guess actually 2013 it wouldn't have been that bad, but he's obsessed with this with Skyrim. And it's not Skyrim. It's called Skyguard. Um, but the thing is that every time they show like the game being played, it is just sort of shots of a TV and and a Skyrim character just sort of standing around uh, not doing anything. Yes. <laughs> but it is very clearly the game Skyrim. Um, and Carl, yeah. you know, he's obsessed with it and he plays it for hours and, it, you know, his relationship and his job are being affected by his obsession. And he says, oh, what if my life was more like my Skyguard game? And uh, his wish comes true. Um, because his character in the game, whose name is Jim Broth, is suddenly materializes in his real in the real world in his house. Um, Jim Broth is yeah. played by Doug. Doug, yeah, Doug with like like dressed like a Skyrim character with yeah. really long hair. Yeah, um, doing his epic voice. This is really just a chance for Doug yeah. to do epic voice for a whole forty minute film. 
Yeah, and the way they the way they uh the way they justify it is that he calls the company and then uh, it's like uh or the main guy calls the company and it's just like what the fuck is the deal? My character came to life and it's like the company's like, "Well, we can't be held responsible. It was in the user's agreement." <laughs> and that is a that is a timely ass reference too. That is like worse than Skyrim. <laughs> People <laughs> Making a user's agreements uh, being really long joke in 2013 is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it's... God. Um, uh, boy. And so at this point, you realize that <laughs> Doug is in this. He's given the freedom to make anything he wants. It's not at all related to the nostalgia critic. It is not at all related to anything within his auteur project. He can just make the movie he wants to make. And the movie he wants to make is Elf. He, 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 that's what he lands on. He wants to make Elf, but with Skyrim characters. Yeah, what if Skyrim was Elf? That really just hit the... Wow. Yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> it is literally... And the the most of it is just a uh, fish-out-of-water story, basically, with the Skyrim character like interacting in real life. And it hits like every kind of basically bits from elf like um you know he he kidnaps a kid like a the skyguard character jim broth kidnaps a kid because he thinks the kid's in danger but it's actually that the kid's just going to school um and uh eventually what happens is is that the skyguard character jim broth uh he he starts like living the main character's life better than him like he is better at his job uh, he's better at like being with his girlfriend. Uh, like he's just kind of better all around at everything. And I, I don't know. I I don't know what to say about it really because it's not like the worst thing I've ever seen. It, it is literally just like a kids movie, um, but with like racist jokes in it. But um, yeah, it is. It is just. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you brought that up because one of the most beguiling things in this entire anthology film is that um. Carl's boss at his job is named LeBron. He's a black man. He otherwise bears no yeah. resemblance to the person you think of when you hear the name LeBron. So I don't know why they named yeah. him that. And they have a lot of like uh, racist jokes in it too. Like um, they, one of them is that uh, uh, he... he I think he uh, makes a reference like uh, Jim Broth is playing uh, tennis with LeBron and um, uh, what is it? Jim Broth refers to the main character. I forget the name character's name as Carl. his owner, basically. Yeah. Carl. Carl. Jim Broth refers his, to Carl as like his master. Master Carl. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then uh, LeBron says, it's like, whoa, whoa, we uh, we had a war to abolish that in this country. <laughs> and besides, we're in the Obama age. It, we're post-racism now. And uh... <laughs> it's you fucking see... crazy. It's insane. It's and so then later... funny because I. <laughs> it's no, it's so funny to me because like I don't think Doug actually believes that. I think he's just like being tongue in cheek. You know, like the common refrain was like, "Well, Obama was elected. Racism is over now." Uh, it, but like, it's it's so it's played so like straight. It. Yeah. It feels like he might believe it. I don't know. It, it's you can't so tell weird. With Doug. 
Like, there's jokes later where, like, they're doing gay jokes. And, like, we've talked about how Doug was, like, very pro-gay marriage, right? Like, that was something he was very sincere about. But there are just, like, very classic, you know... Uh, there's a bit where Jim Broth is like having this party at Carl's house with all his friends and he comes in and they're all shirtless and like uh, singing like uh, drinking songs. And um, Carl says, uh, well, that's gay. <laughs> and Jim Broth says, well, if taking your shirt off and singing with other men is gay, then we are all gay. And all the other men are like, uh, it's like, it's just, and again, it's like, you can't tell. The degree to which Doug is doing this because he knows that because like you know he he's doing it ironically basically and, and the degree to which he just yeah. thinks it's funny you can never tell with him yeah it, it's it's really difficult to describe because it's not like Twitter ironic homophobia or whatever where it's always done really tongue in cheek um it, it's done like in a way that like <laughs> it's like. The, the closest way I can describe it is that it's someone who isn't homophobic, like, still accidentally being homophobic. I, I, that's, like, yeah. the closest I can approximate to how it comes off. Like, it's, a, it's like your uncle who is chill about you being gay, saying, like, well, you know, you know what the deal is with those bisexuals. They can't make up their mind. Something like that. <laughs> it, that's that's the best way I can describe it. it it's it's yeah. it doesn't it doesn't scan exactly. No, exactly. Yeah, it's it's just weird. The whole thing, like you say, it's just it is so funny that this is this again. It's kind of similar to demo reel, though. Demo reel was much more pathological, obviously. Um, yeah, this is another opportunity for Doug to like do something creative that has nothing to do with the character he hates. Um, yeah. And and what we get is this. It's just it's just fucking strange. And I don't really get like the cuz you know the other shorts they're all much worse than this. But most of them do have some element of like social commentary. Like we should say the whole thing is like it's it's supposed to be like a twilight zone riff, right? It starts with this character yeah. called the webmaster who when he first appeared on screen, I fucking choked laughing because he looks so stupid he has like this, yeah he has this stupid like babadook top hat and like yeah. uh heath ledger joker like mascara he looks yeah. so dumb and but he's supposed to be like this white he, he looks nerd. like he looks like someone at a harley davidson got kidnapped by uh the smiths fans <laughs> <laughs> yeah he looks like um he looks like the crow's gay cousin. Um Yeah. <laughs> no, it's played by Nash, and Nash is a Nash is sort of a weird one in that guy with the glasses history, since he just kinda did his own thing the entire time, which was he um he used to have like a scripted show, but the scripted show was just making fun of like dumb news stories, basically. And um then it transitioned into just being like a live stream where he and, like, a friend of his would just, like, sit around and riff on news stories, like, dumb news stories. It was basically just, like, a podcast. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't... I remember watching it, and I remember it being amusing because, you know, it's just two people making fun of, like, a news story that was just, like, this guy stu- uh, stuff a pear up his ass and went to the hospital or whatever. <laughs> this guy from Florida smoked a lot of crack and killed someone. And... <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, he he doesn't really fit into the review sphere. It's it's like a I, I don't know how to put it. He, he, it's sort of like if you put one of the guys from the Intercept and you lumped him in with Bread Tube, basically. <laughs> okay. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. It also all his yeah. all his segments also have a, a new Rob character, which sucks. Um, which yeah. is this guy who's like. It's a very classic Rob Walker joke, I feel like, where it's supposed to be this, you almost feel like it's sort of making a commentary or like a, or like satirizing some aspect of society, but the whole time you're just like, ah, I don't really, what are you, what, what is the, what's the, what is the, what are we, what's the joke here? Because he's playing this guy who's supposed to do this public access show about meditation safety, where like, hmm. he's supposed to instruct you on how to meditate uh, you know, responsibly so you don't hurt yourself, which is like, okay. On the surface, I could see how you might be able to make a funny joke out of it, but Rob can't get to that point where, like, he can't get past yeah. the premise of the joke to the part where it's funny. He just comes up with an idea. Wouldn't that be kind of weird and kooky? And then just runs for it. Yeah. It's like, okay, how does the bit progress? He's like, <laughs> no, I already wrote it. Sorry. Like, what, what, what? What what is what is the point of the what is the joke of the bit basically besides what if a guy was weird and then they don't get past that it is literally just what if a guy was weird yeah and that is all it is. um okay uh, I'm just gonna run down the list of uh funny things that are like funny or weird things that are in um that are in this okay uh, there's a line uh I think it's like it's referring to LeBron, I think, and um, it says, uh, I'm going to kick your ass like the black Chuck Norris or something. Yeah, he does refer to himself as the black Chuck Norris. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Pretty badass, Epic actually. as hell. Yeah. That's the se- okay. I, it feels like I'm losing my mind because I, I <laughs> for, for those good old-fashioned values, I had to watch Epic Movie recently, which is... um. <laughs> a Friedberg Seltzer uh, spoof movie and mm. there's a bunch of Chuck Norris jokes in that and that movie came out in like 2007 and at that point I already felt like Chuck Norris jokes were like just, like <laughs> at that point I was just like oh god a Chuck Norris joke in 2007 this is just the bottom of the barrel <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you see one in 2013 it's like okay well all right yeah, Yay. it's really weird. I can't fucking um, get over the other than that, LeBron. Uh, <laughs> there's the there's the a line about a character being wimpy, and the the way to describe it is he couldn't fight his way out of a paper Mario bag. Yes, I love that because that it reminded me of the um <laughs> the best line from Demo Reel, uh, which is when um. It's actually wait. It's it's Malcolm. It's the same because Rachel and Malcolm yeah. from Demo Reel are in Dragonboard, and Malcolm has the yes. line in Demo Reel where he call, instead of saying a boo, he calls it a Super Mario Boo Ghost. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> what does that? What does that mean? That's not how jokes work. It's, I, I, ah, it just like I'm trying to dissect the joke in my head, and it's like it's two different <laughs> ways of approaching a pop culture reference just jammed together. <laughs> like if there if there was a if there was a paper bag that was like famous from Paper Mario, <laughs> then you could do that. The famous or, or, the iconic bag from Paper Mario. 
first off, but just just saying Paper Mario bag. That that's it doesn't make any. It's fun. literally it's just inserting. It's just taking a phrase that people say and inserting yeah. a pop culture reference into it. Yeah, no, it, it's just like it's just pointing to an old guy, and it's like that's an Elder Scrolls man or something. <laughs> it's ah, uh, it doesn't make it so uh, stupid. God. God. Okay. Um. Uh. Oh, the planets. Uh. The the Holtz. Uh. Composition. I getting that name wrong i don't fucking care the holst composition is in this again what's <laughs> does does doug just like really appreciate that symphony because if so props to him that's a uh, good taste but also like <laughs> that'd be so funny if it just doug's one of his pet things is that he just loves um he just loves classical music <laughs> that would be awesome i would love that for him yeah god yeah because all of the uh all of the sketch uh like compositions for all of these are just like it, it literally just sound like super mario theme epic version <laughs> and, <laughs> and and then randomly he's just like yeah i also love i also love this classical symphony that influenced john williams it's <laughs> And I have to say, that is the only common link between this and Doug's other work, aside from, like, shared actors like Malcolm and Ray. Like, Malcolm plays uh, the co-worker and um, uh, Malcolm and Ray, uh, Malcolm and Rachel. And Rachel uh, plays um, the main character's wife or girlfriend. And that's it. And they're both given kind of thankless roles that they, they don't get much to do in. I, I have to say that... As time has gone on, I, like, grudgingly... I feel like Malcolm and Rachel are, like, very clearly professional actors to some extent. Like, yeah. they're not good in this, but they, they they bring the same energy as, like, if you got a professional TV actor in your student film. I think that's the best way I can describe the, the, the presence that they have in these. Totally. Yeah. I was kind of feel um, bad for Rachel, but, given once again by Doug, given the exact same role that he wrote a monologue for her in Demo Reel to decry. She's just playing like yes. a nagging bitchy girlfriend. It's like, come on, Doug. Yes, it's it's literally just back to the it's just back to square one, and it's Lindsay's line that every uh, I think it was Lindsay or someone else who said this that every Doug Walker woman, like every woman that he writes, like she is either like a nagging shrew or like a hot babe. I think it's either one of those two. Yeah. Totally. Is there anything else about this segment uh, that stands out? It, it, again, it is literally just none of Doug's pathologies are in this. It is just like a plug and play. What if a Skyrim character in real life? If you saw this on Think, like on a, if you saw this on Dorkly, it, yeah. it would it would be basically be like the same. It would probably look a little better. That's this would it. have been like five and a half minutes on Crack.com around the same yes. time period. Yeah, and it would be would have been a. Uh, Probably would have been like nine percent funnier. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. The only other thing that okay. I do find really the last thing that I'll say is that I do find really funny about it is that Doug very clearly loves Skyrim a lot because in every time there's a reference, and this is again revealing how much Skyrim I played, but every time there's a reference to like a fantasy thing, it's just like a thing from Skyrim that he changed one letter off. <laughs> like he didn't make up <laughs> fake stuff for his fake video game. It's just Skyrim shit. <laughs> I'm surprised they weren't worried about copyright shit at all because like they just show Skyrim being played. Yeah, they do. Like <laughs> they just 
gesture while being played. Again, the character is just kind of standing in a field. They weren't holding the control yeah. at the time. But like, yeah, I they're they're usually so careful. Like this got a DVD release. That that is a very dangerous thing to do. Yeah. To put this in, to like put this in your game. They changed everything else, but they just show Skyrim being played. <laughs> so I don't know if uh, Bethesda could uh, threaten litigation if they wish. Um, all right, but is there anything else? Again, it is it is a incredibly anonymous work. It it feels like it feels. <laughs> It feels like one of those movies that Cassavetes got hired to do in the 60s that have none of his usual tics. It's a no, sense-making comparison. I think, I think we have to um, move out of the good times and into the really dire stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, uh... The next one is called so, Dragged In. It is. I think it's the worst one. Um, I do too. I felt I felt bad because that sci-fi guy he doesn't seem like a bad person like Doug does. Like making fun of Doug, I don't feel bad doing it since he's like a bad guy who mistreated all of his fucking employees and you know, he he ran this awful operation and it's just generally hurt a lot of people. So I don't feel that bad making fun of him. Um but uh <laughs> this is the worst thing I have ever seen. <laughs> This is, I think, I'm watching something for those good old-fashioned values now that's worse than this, but other than that, I think this is, like, the worst thing I've ever seen. It is, uh, the, it's, like, 12 minutes long, and it's that sci-fi guy's, uh, short, and it's basically just, like, he he gets a call from the government, and the government's just, like, we have to let you know, uh, all of our kitty cats have been kidnapped by aliens, and then it's like eight minutes of fake news footage about um, <laughs> fake news footage about like what happens when all of our cats are gone. And then it smash cuts to one week later and the aliens like don't like cats anymore because cats are annoying. So they beam them back to Earth and then everyone's like, yay, I got my cat back. And that's it. It is. And it is. It is more than 15 minutes long. It is a joke that would have comprises at most two sentences <laughs> stretched yeah. out insanely long. Because there's a whole thing at the beginning where that sci-fi guy's character is like, they bring him in because he's a master of linguistics. It's like, it's the plot of Arrival, basically, like literally. Like yeah. they have this alien transmission. And they're like, we need a master <laughs> linguist to, to translate. Like, what are their intentions? And it turns out they want to take all of the internet, all of the cats because they saw on the internet, like all the cat videos. So they, it makes them want the cats. And then like you say, there's this whole montage where a bunch of, a bunch of like channel awesome contributors, like Obscurus Loop is in this, just do like extended bits about what it, what, how they would feel if the cats disappeared. <laughs> it's interminable. Yeah, it's, it, Okay, everyone in this delivers their lines, and they're bad lines. They are really bad, but they, everyone delivers these lines like they have like cotton in their mouths. Like it is, <laughs> it is, it is like student, like the athletic kids having to be in a school project type of delivery. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just like, 
I we're sad because my cat is not here and is not good. Um, <laughs> and let's see, I I I didn't write much down. Like, I wrote down this. five things, and one of them just said Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 there's nothing to talk about uh, there's let's see, nothing the, of it here it's 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 so bad i think the opening is like trying to be edgar wright like it's got like kind of that like metronome thing going like metronome comedy thing going on like a little bit but that's the only thing i can uh figure out um there's a there's a bacon joke in there uh it's something it's just like Oh yeah, uh, that was like you know, like it feels the, like it was taken from Anchorman. Yes, yes, it was. Um, they have like a you know, of course, since it's mostly just news segments, they have a joke about um, uh, characters saying stuff off the air, and like one of like when they think they're off air but they're on air, and the character just says like, "Bacon is the most awesome thing in the world. I love it and whiskey. <laughs> Bacon is so good," and uh, that is the joke. That is yeah. the entirety of the joke. It's about a sixty-second the, the, monologue. I, <laughs> it is a it is one fourteenth so of the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> other than that, there's one other line where uh, after the cats have been kidnapped, I forget who says it, but one of the characters says, "Now we can have no. Well, now we can has no cheeseburgers." Again, 2013. Yeah, this came out in 2013. Who was who was still visiting? I can has cheeseburger in 2013. Yes, that is, that is about as removed from that is like about as out of date as making a Harambe joke right now. I think that's as far. <laughs> I think that's yeah. roughly the same amount of time. Span. That lines up. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. God. Um. Oh God. Yeah. This one's this one. Yeah. There's sucks. nothing. This to is the th- worst one. There's nothing to talk about. There's nothing to talk about. It's so bad. It's so fucking bad. Like I almost recommend you watch it because it is like. It it is, it, it's you need to see it in order to understand like yeah. how. I'll say this for simultaneously. It's, it's the shortest one. <laughs> it's it's simultaneously like offensively bad and completely forgettable. It is both <laughs> of those things at once. And like it manages the rare feat of being like the worst thing I've ever seen, and also something that does not exist. <laughs> okay. Um, oh the next one is. Brad Jones segment. Um, the reviewers. Okay, uh, the first thing I need to say is I need to apologize to uh, Doug for making fun of his filmmaking skills since Brad <laughs> is worse than it. Brad, the fucking worse cinema snob, capital C, capital S, is, makes the yeah. ugliest part of the entire movie. It's crazy. Yeah, it 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 literally looks like the... the uh, like. It looks like really, really early digital films, like <laughs> 90s early digital, like Dogma 95. You can't upscale it beyond 480p <laughs> level shit. Um, but then also it's like, it, it's it's just badly directed too. Like there'll be bits where it's two characters talking and one of them is like half his body is out of the left side of the frame. <laughs> it's yes. like, how did you make this? Isn't your whole thing that you're the guy who's like actually a director of all these people? Yeah, like he 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 has made he has movies on IMDb. Like he's made like giallo films. <laughs> and I want to see those now because <laughs> I don't understand how, 
I don't understand how you can spend your career like doing riffs on like some of the most famously stylized and garish <laughs> movies ever made and then just make this which looks like looks like you don't know like how to hold a camera. I I don't understand it. Like the shit I made in high school on my iPhone for classes like legitimately looks better than this. And this oh, isn't yeah. me bragging because anything looks better than this. How did this, you not this have would be a like a camera of like of all things? Why? What was like? There's no way it was a stylistic choice to shoot on this like garbage. You know, you probably had a smartphone yeah. at this point. Yeah. No. Th- this literally flip video cameras. I think looked better than this <laughs> at this point. Did. It. Yeah. Okay. But um, the weirdest thing about this is that despite the fact that it looks butt ugly. And it, it, the filmmaking is terrible. It is like an actual story. That, that is also weird. Like, it's not just a skit. It's like an actual narrative. This is apparently, I don't, I don't have a source for this, but it is on thatguywiththeglasses.fandom.com. Um, so I'm sure they're in the know. This was supposed to be yeah. like, this was like a backdoor pilot to a series that he wanted to do, apparently, that never went anywhere. Um, so hmm. I think that's why it feels like it has more of a narrative than the other ones because he wanted to do yeah, like it feels like a characters. pilot. Yeah, it totally does. Yeah. Um, and the pilot of it is that, or this plot of it is that it's about these two guys who live together and they both want to be internet reviewers. Um, one of them like makes movies dressed like a vampire, and I forget what the other one's gimmick is. He um, does like sci-fi stuff. Yeah, and uh. You know, they, they, they basically, it follows just their escapades and, like, trying to get these done, uh, like, trying to make these. And there's a bunch of, like, lore that they're trying to set up. Like, there's a, um, there's a famous YouTuber called The Messiah that holds, like, a, that has, like, a talk show or whatever. That's, like, the, he's, like, he's, like, the, I forget who the big YouTuber was at this point. I probably was just PewDiePie. But, um, he, he is, like, this universe's equivalent of... But PewDiePie never did talk show stuff, so I don't know. He, he, yeah, he's, I don't he's know what this is YouTuber. supposed to be a take on, but... Eh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it straight up feels like Dick Cavett. Like that, it feels like he's <laughs> trying to do a take on like Dick Cavett or something, despite the fact it makes no goddamn sense. Oh, um, God. What after that? Yeah, there's a lore. There's also uh, a an infamous internet troll who makes reply videos. I forget what his name is. His, but his name is The he, Rickhead uh, he's, or something? Yeah, something like that. But he's built up as like the villain, um, who, like he he responds to just casual internet videos and says like, "This is so gay, it sucks a man's balls." Or it is. Whatever. It is like which. It's really funny how vicious this character is. Like, genuinely vicious. Like in a way that, you know, when Doug does a character like this, it is very much over the top and kind of you know. I don't know if I want to use the word campy yeah. to describe anything Doug does, but it's supposed to be ridiculous, right? Whereas this guy is just, there's parts of this short where literally the guy, they're watching this guy's like critiques of their work and he's just calling them faggots. <laughs> there there was a time period. This is actually like, I got to give credit to Brad. Around this time, there was sort of a big culture or like a, a subculture on YouTube of uh, ranters who oh, yeah, definitely. would like... It was like Amazing Atheist runoff, basically. And it was guys with names like Hulkamania Freak 1424. (laughs) 
and they would just like get into a camera and just yell about some bullshit for eight minutes unscripted. And yeah. um, it's where guys like it, it was the of a cad sc- came from, basically. Like that is sort of yeah. It it, it, it is like a pre. Yeah, it was like a pre Gamergate artifact. Um, if you see the guy. Nate talks to you on Twitter at all, which, by the way, he fucking sucks. Stop retweeting him. <laughs> um, but uh, if if you see him, he used to be one of these guys. Um, there were a bunch of them. Like there was one named the Archfiend, and he was like a thirty-five-year-old who would just like scream at a camera. Um, there, there were a uh, a bunch of these types of guys that were just uh, or a guy <laughs> who actually. Oh, I, fuck, I just remembered. I just fucking remembered one of the guys, he hosts a, a podcast with the rap critic from, uh, from like Channel Awesome now. He started as one of these guys. His name is like Muse or something, spelled huh. M-U-E-S, I think. So mm-hmm. yeah, there, there, there is sort of like a little bit of interconnection between these uh, two worlds. Yeah. This between, is, these videos um, is also where, um, where BreadTube started, by the way, because all those guys started doing response videos to these guys. <laughs> So yeah, the outgrowth yeah, of what is what it, YouTube sort of, is now started with this. Yes, um, yeah. It, uh, people say that uh, Channel Awesome is, uh, or what is it? BreadTube is just Channel Awesome too. It is in many ways because it has the same insufferable theater kid energy. But like the the primordial soup from which it evolved is like guys named um, uh, Mr. Sunglasses yelling in their car about feminists. Yeah. It is, that is where it emerged from. It is guys named and... like Beast of the Hunt uploading 50 minute videos <laughs> called like, um, Why I Don't Think Black People Exist. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is literally just like, the where, where BreadTube came from is that a guy who like, the, the, the third, um, the third least in shape guy at a Harley <laughs> Davidson, a guy who looks like that, um, would record a video at on photo booth shouting at the camera, saying like, "All right, he- here's why I don't like um, here's why I don't like it when video games don't have boobs in them." And then you know, someone like H Bomber guy would make like a seven hour response to it being like well if you uh consider all of these uh these academic texts i have cited (laughs) you can see that it is perfectly fine for boobs to not be in video games (laughs) and that that is where that is what leads us to the world of bread tube right now yeah uh all right and so yeah basically it just revolves around this and it's like the slow descent of one of these guys like he his video doesn't do that well. He gets fired from his job, um, and then he like has to convince his um, uh, he has to convince his roommate's nagging bitch girlfriend <laughs> that it's okay for him to pursue this as a career for the time being. Like, I, I it's so it, there. There is like a weird misogynist undercurrent in this where the um, the the roommate's wife, the the one who doesn't get fired is like really mean to the main character after he gets fired and is just like yeah you suck you kind of got you you're not picking up the slack and the thing is though she's like objectively right like she yeah. is she has every right to be mad that this person who was paying a third of their rent is like left their job so he could like dress like dracula on the <laughs> internet it, this yeah this one's like overall i think this is this one's bizarre because it uh, it feels like this is Brad trying to like 
make fun of all the di- other dipshits on the website who have these stupid gimmicks um, and yeah. dress up in dumb costumes. But it's like, Brad, you're not better than them. Like, you participate yeah, in not. all of this. Yeah. Well, he's making fun of that shit. I think he's also, like, making fun of, I, I don't know, trying to get back at people who doubted him early on. Like, oh, this internet thing isn't going to be a good idea, man. And then it turned out to be kind of a good idea for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's there, This one is really weird, though, because it's, like, half incompetent and half competent. Like, the filmmaking sucks, but the script is, like... I won't say a serviceable pilot for a web series, but it's like it's it, it has the same shape and structure and grammar of a web series pilot. Yeah. It has the same tone as like what you would expect from like a clerk's ripoff in like around yeah. that time, but just transplanted to like the sort of uh, the, the character of a, of a mid 2000s, early 2010s web series. Um, it's yeah. bad. If you <laughs> it's really bad, but. It, it, okay, I think what it feels like is if you know how in film classes you get uh, one of your assignments is often you're given a scene from a movie and you have to just like reshoot the script of mm-hmm. the scene. This is what that feels like, basically. It feels <laughs> like someone someone wrote a script about internet reviewers and then Brad just got his hands on it and filmed it. Yeah, that's I think that's really spot on. Yeah. Okay, but no, it's a. I think it's probably it's really bad, but I think it's also the second best. Since again, it, it's just really boring. Is its main problem is that it's it's just boring as shit. Yeah. And the filmmaking is ass, but I'm used <laughs> yeah. to that by now. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, moving on to the second worst of them is Mike J's uh, se- uh sequence, which at this point we're we're like. We're not doing Twilight Zone shit anymore. Nope. This is literally just <laughs> that, like that a mockumentary. Was, was abandoned long ago. <laughs> yeah. And the whole the point it's just a mockumentary about Mike J's dating life as an online reviewer. Um and it's just there's not much to say. It's just really dire sketch comedy. It's like, oh, I'm bad at talking to girls online. Uh that's uh I go on dating websites. Um, I I pretend to have a higher opinion of myself because I'm an internet reviewer. Ha ha. It uh, it's not a lot to say. It it feels like okay. Continuing like the student film comparison, it feels like if you ever tried to make a mockumentary with your friends, um, like you just think, oh, it's so easy. You just point the camera and you improvise. But then you realize that, like, you suck at improv. All your friends suck at improv. <laughs> and none of what you're saying is funny because, like, mockumentary type stuff, it needs, like, to be viciously edited down. And you also need, like, someone who's really, really talented and funny guiding the project. And you also need, like, Fred Willard level talents in yeah. order to make it work. Which you don't realize, um, like, that kind of format, like the office format, tricks you into thinking that like it feels spontaneous and and natural when it's like it is edited yeah. so precisely to be so quick and keep itself moving in a way that no one ever like interacts like in real life. Like it's supposed to be yeah. an illusion. Um, and if you try yeah. to attempt that in real life, you get something like this, which is so fucking turgid and just everything. Again, again, just the common theme. Everything takes forever in this. It's so, yeah, it, it is, it is like, it feels like an assembly cut of like a scene from the office, basically. <laughs> and it goes on and on and on. And it's just the same fucking joke. 
I'm an internet reviewer, which is goofy, but I pretend to think that's cool for this. Like, it... Which oh, is the same God, joke they were doing as far back as, like, the fucking reviewers versus gamers brawl for the first anniversary. It's yeah. been the same fucking joke. And it's just, it's never been funny because you can always tell that they kind of believe it. Yes. It goes on for so long. And then eventually Mike J goes on a date and oh, it's Film Brain. Film Brain is the one that he's dating. What? What? The, that's crazy. That's fucking, what? But I don't look at this. They're fuck. they're, are they gay? Yeah. <laughs> what? what? That's crazy. And then, um, you know, at first both of them are pissed off and it's just like, I thought you were a girl. I thought you were a girl. And then they just agree to go on a date. And I think it ends with like Mike J roofing <laughs> film brain. I didn't like, understand that's the ending joke. The, what was happening. Like I, it just sort of ends. It just sort of stops. And at, yeah. Yeah, at one point film brain like takes a drink and then collapses and then, Mike J. Dre- oh, by the way, they like they seem to have rented out like an entire restaurant because it's empty. Yeah, <laughs> no one else yeah. is there, <laughs> which is a really funny yeah, thing to imagine out- doing for this dumb like ten minute short film for your like internet reviewer yeah. website. Just to rent okay, out a yeah. If restaurant. I had to rent out my place of work for a short film, even one that had like production values, I would feel so fucking embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. imagine just going up to your boss and saying like, "Hey, can we have the entire restaurant for a day <laughs> so I can record some sketch comedy about date raping a guy?" <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh. Yeah, this one's like awful. This one's you can't even you can't even stress how bad this is because it implies that all of them aren't around this level of bad, but it is yeah. really terrible. Yeah, it is a. You don't really appreciate how bad a one out of ten is until it's <laughs> surrounded by like three. <laughs> okay, um, final one, and this is where this is where it feels like I'm being MK Ultra because this one isn't <laughs> the worst one, but it. <laughs> it is, it is um. Continuing off the student film continuation, have you ever, like, have you ever been given, like, a class project and, you know, the day comes when you're supposed to present it and you don't go first and everyone gives their projects and you realize to your mounting horror that you completely (laughs) misunderstood what the assignment was. You, You completely just realized, I did not do this. And you're kind of, like, panicking in your head, like, okay... Do I just wing it and hope things go well? Or do I go up to the teacher, confess that I had no idea what I was supposed to do, and ask for an extension? Um, it, it feels like this happened here because... Well, she did not this... ask for an extension. Yes. Well, she took the first option. <laughs> this is not a skit. Nope. It is a straight-faced documentary that feels like it. it, it is like the late programming in a documentary film festival in your hometown. Yeah. It is it is literally just a documentary about the dark side of the internet. And it is it is just I think a uh, Sad Panda, the French guy uh, who wears a bow tie all the time. It is just Sad Panda talking into what sounds like a broken blue yeti about uh problems that emerge on anonymity on the internet and uh potential problems that come from that. Um, 
Uh, yeah, it is, that is it. It and is it, 30 minutes like, long. It is 30 minutes yeah. of, by the way, the, the narrator's Holly Christine Brown, who's like the site moderator. Uh, she was fired shortly, yeah. shortly after the fifth anniversary. I don't think it was related to this, but it, it's, it's, it is, it is darkly amusing to me that she participated in this and then was unceremoniously fired after everything she did. We talked, we've talked about this before, but the way yeah. she was treated was very it's so poor. dark. Um, so sad, but no. The, okay. This is this is unwatchable. I I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be fully honest. This is the first thing we have ever watched for this podcast that I like skipped through on YouTube. I did not watch this part all the way yeah. through. Oh, this I I mean for this entire movie, I literally was just like I was checked out in terms of paying attention. Like I was just <laughs> like I just like looked at my screen. I was just like this is such a bullshit. And then I would just like kind of zone out. And then I'd be like, up oh, up oh, some bullshit's going on. It's the same. Yeah, this one, um, <laughs> this one goes on forever. It has, like, Link, I forget what Linkara rants about. I just remember that he rants about something stupid. I think it's about, like, meeting fans. Um, <laughs> I, I, I must have skipped that he, part. I know at one point he talks about how, yeah. uh, he talks about cyberbullying and how, like, words, words can hurt people. Oh, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of rants about, uh, cyberbullying in this. It's mostly about cyberbullying, basically. Yeah. Um... At one uh, point, at one point, I, 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 I had to, I had to pause because I did burst out laughing because of what they were, what they had clearly put on screen with the uh, first page of the Google results for the word pedophilia. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, have you all, have you all seen this? This is fucked up. <laughs> you see this shit. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> that's just perfect moron energy that's so great i just love googling bad things and then freaking the fuck out googling murder and getting scared <sighs> okay Okay, he complains about copyright infringement a little bit, which like come on, man. That was that was the you're, weirdest you're, part. There's a whole thing. Your entire We're, your entire site is built <laughs> off of copyright infringement. It's, like yeah. you do these rigorous analysis of the Saw movies that basically show the entire movie. That is like that is <laughs> again, I don't like copyright laws at all, but it's like kind of why they exist. <laughs> Um, yeah, describing the, the idea of, of going into the dark side of the internet and talking about how people uh, sometimes feel entitled to get things for free that they would otherwise pay for on channelawesome.com is really funny. It's so good. It's 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 perfect. It's so good. They talk a little bit about overprotective fandoms, which, okay, overprotective fandoms are still like an insanely annoying thing that you see on the internet. <laughs> Way worse um, than they were in 2013, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Though, okay, like if you're a overprotective that guy with the glasses face, <laughs> you're just like a My Little Pony guy who gets mad when someone says the nostalgia critic is gay. Now, overprotective fandoms are just like just hordes of demons that will just like swarm you if you talk shit about PewDiePie or whatever. I mean, it's I don't think it's like real life harassment. I've had like K-pop fans scream at me, and I just like muted the thread and kind of laughed at it. But it is, it is still, um, it, it's still really funny that they, this is funny how that's like still a thing that goes on. Um, 
And he he gets on his soapbox while she gets on his soapbox and says like, uh, hey, uh, don't be an overprotective fan of anyone. It's stupid. And he's right. But also, and this is going to be mean. Well, she, you didn't have any overprotective <laughs> fans. You didn't have any. Nope. You did. Absolutely not. <laughs> you, this, you, this was not something you had to worry about, man. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. Oh God! Anything else? Oh, they talk a little bit about like e grooming in it, and I <laughs> just nervously tugging at my collar there because you know Juario. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I we. Mm, I'm glad you brought that up because, yikes! Uh, yeah, it is. Of all the I think things, this was bring... I be- I think this was after Juario killed himself. Um, it definitely was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a very, very weird time on the internet because, uh, this was before the allegations came out and G. Wario sort of had like a McElroy type wholesome core image. Um, and, uh, he like pretty unexpectedly shot himself and I had seen his videos before. And I remember like everyone in that guy with the glasses, uh, like community, like, or like the reviewers were really really upset and freaked out and fucked up by this and there was just like days of people posting really really sad things and just saying like man this like one of the nicest people i've ever met killed himself this just sucks and it was a really surreal time online um not not in like a funny way either it it just it just felt it, it it felt really sad at the time um because this was also before the allegations and even if you thought the guy sucked um it's just it's still so weird to see like someone who is in his 40s and was like decently popular online just like take his own life and that's it uh and then the but later the allegations came out and i think the allegations were sort of covered up by like doug and his higher-ups but you get the sense that like it sort of trickled down and people started to figure out what was going on there. Um, so yeah, it, it would not be surprising if this is them like kind of casual, like well, she kind of casually alluding to it, but that maybe that could just be a weird coincidence too. Uh, let's see anything else. There's a bunch of like terrible infographics in this that looked like they were designed in like, you know, MS Paint. Yeah, it does a lot of the thing that was really popular on YouTube at the time of, like, the typography where the words will show up in, like, this animated style as they're, as yeah. the narrator's saying, like, like, you would see, like, <laughs> like, Jonathan Colton lyric videos in this style <laughs> on YouTube at the time, and it's all over this. Uh, I, I Like I said, I skipped through most of this. Like, I, I don't think yeah. I have anything to say about this. I felt, for the first time, uh, doing watching something for this podcast insulted that I was being made that I was being made to subject myself <laughs> to this it, fucking it literally feels like it feels like something you see after school like it feels yeah. like something that you have to like watch in like a in a computer class and they would school. absolutely like have played something like this in in like middle school to tell yeah, kids they about probably the did the yeah <laughs> they probably did I wouldn't be surprised if this was played in middle school somewhere because it has yeah. that tone and that, like, it, it's so fucking weird that the, that it's part of this. And it kind of, in some ways, feels like, like, because this was the last anniversary thing. 
And it sort yeah. of feels like the the dying, the last puff of air escaping the lungs of Channel Awesome. Um, yeah. The idea that this is how the entire concept of the anniversary movies went out with this like pedantic half hour documentary short film about how people on the internet can be mean. Um, it's weird. It's weird that this is where it ended up. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, uh, that's about it. <laughs> that's it, folks. Uh, yeah, this is the last anniversary special we're going to talk about. We've got a few more things planned. Um, we're doing the wall because, of course, we're doing the mm-hmm. wall and we're having a very special guest for that. Um, if you are on the, those good old fashioned values, Patreon, uh, me, Esther and Andy, once again, are going to be talking about pop quiz hotshot. Um, so if you want to see that there, uh, you'll have to pay a little bit. And after that, um, we might do some things sporadically. We're definitely talking about Linkara's movie, unfortunately, since it's a direct sequel to the boldly flee. <laughs> and there's more Linkara and Brad Jones projects we can talk about. Um, but yeah, uh, if you have yeah some, I guess are... if you have some piece of, of Channel Awesome ephemera that you're like, you guys got to see this, I guess, you know, yeah. shoot it shoot it our way. Yeah. We'll take a look. And... Yeah, shoot it our way. We might do it for the, uh, we might do it for the, those good old fashioned values, Patreon. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that that's a, you know, we're approaching the fin- finish line here <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. We're finally free from our uh, from our bald, bearded nightmare. <laughs> yeah, almost. All right, that's gonna do it though. Yeah. Join us. Uh, if you're if you're a paying customer, you'll join us for Pop Quiz Hot Shot soon enough. Otherwise, um, uh, we'll see you at the wall. See you then. <laughs>